Oliver from Rugby League, in my opinion, here. Welcome back to the weekly podcast hosted by myself and my amazing co-host, Cooper. How are you today, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing relatively well, my friend. Well, today we're going to be talking about, I guess, the wooden spoon candidates, I guess you could say, in the NRL. This will be titled something like, is the race for the wooden spoon, or I I should say the race to avoid the wooden spoon tighter than the race for the top eight, Um, just because we are seeing, you know, a fair few teams get showed up in these first few rounds. Uh, first three rounds, I should say, and we're, we're just going to discuss a few of them. So there's probably six teams that Cooper and I have agreed are a chance at winning the Spoon this season in some capacity, um, and we're going to see how they're going so far, whether or not the race for the Spoon will end up being as as tight and there'll be so many contenders um, as we currently believe they are, and we're going to rank the chances of each of these teams winning the Wooden Spoon. One thing I just want to get out of the way quickly, um, if Manly fans see it, the graphic for this podcast uh, features uh, a Manly player looking upset. Uh, That's not to suggest that I want Manly to win the spoon or anything, guys, in particular. It's just at at the time of recording, they are last on the ladder, so I thought that's how I'll dictate who I use uh, in the graphic for this, I guess, unfortunate podcast. This is a podcast that you probably don't want to be featured on the graphic of, but I have gone with DCE from Manly just because at the time of recording, they are last on the ladder. But before we get started, Coop, what's a what's something really, I guess you could say really good that happened over the weekend? Um. Well, Lee came in... Uh, uh... Lee came within two points of beating the, what I'd say is the general consensus to be the favourite to win it this year, the Wigan Warriors. Uh, 18-0 at one point, which was yep. good. I woke up early for it, so I was I was stoked. Um, massive effort from Matty Russell. I'm checking right now 182 metres, so that's huge. Um, starting to really like Liam Hood. He's turned into one of my favourite players from the one game I've watched. Really strong yep. player, but... Yeah, Wigan obviously coming home strong, but good signs from Lee, considering a lot of people didn't expect it to um, be that close. I thought it was going to be a bit of a blowout, and yeah, yeah. it looks like they're going to be semi-competitive this year, which is good. Yeah, well, when it was 18-0, we were messaging while it was on, so we are both watching the game. It was 18-0, and I was like, okay, Wigan will come back, and it'll be something like 36-18 or something like that they'll come back and win, which they did in the end, but they only just won. And although they scored 20 unanswered points, it wasn't like the second half was just a, a Wigan Warriors barrage or something and, and that they dominated the whole half. Like, even when it was back to 20 to 18, Lee still had chances to actually win the game, um, which they created for themselves. So good on them there. And next week, uh, Lee Watch is going to be... It's going to be awesome because... It will be Greg Inglis's Super League debut. Um, it's actually going to be Thursday night. It's going to be on after the Seagulls-Panthers game. So immediately after, well, after the post-game show, it'll be 10.45, I think, in New South Wales um, for that game. So that's going to be that's going to be awesome. And I think that's why Greg Inglis, just quietly, I think that's why he didn't debut in the Castleford game um, last night because that was on at 2.30 in the morning. So do you get what I mean? Like, yep. they probably yep. want as many 
Australians watching as they can from over here because that's going to be the one big game everyone over here is going to be talking about wanting to watch Greg Inglis's debut. So they probably wanted it at a more friendly time. So they probably rested him last week and he's going to make his debut against the Lee Centurions at, I'd say, a more friendly time, especially because it's Good Friday, this Friday here for us in Australia. So a lot of people have the day off work so they can stay up um, and watch. And the game will be over by about 12.30 a.m. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Are you going to be watching that one too, man? Oh. 100%. We've got to watch a semi-decent game that night. No offense to Manly and the Panthers, but I expect that to be a bit of a blowout. Okay. Let's let, let's see here. Do you believe that the margin in the Warrington-Lee game will be closer than in the Panthers-Seagulls game? Yep. I, I think I it will too. Yep. Yeah, well, we might as well get into it oh sorry before we do i was going to do a seamless transition into talking about manly but we do need to thank our sponsor champ mouthguards guys head to champmouthguards.com now for 10 percent off of your purchase put in discount code rilamo 10 so that's r l r i said r really weird r l i m o 10 rilamo 10 uh, for 10 percent off your purchase at the end of this podcast there's a a quick uh, couple minute clip uh, with myself interviewing uh, Jem from Champ Mouthguard so make sure you tune into that one to hear a bit about the history of Champ Mouthguards who are the official mouthguard of the West Tigers and St George Illawarra Dragons. So the Manly Warringah Seagulls dead last and they have a for and against of minus 82 points which is why they find themselves in 16th position. Coop, what have you made of Manly so far this season? Um, yeah, they've looked horrible. Uh, there's no real other way to put it. Like, I was trying to be nice, semi-nice to Manly fans, but, like, I can't even sugarcoat it. They've looked really bad. Uh, they looked... I don't even... I think it was more so South looking bad in round two than Manly looking decent, but um, it's cliche, but Tom Trevojevic is the the play they need right now. Um, but I don't even think he can pull them out of this rut. No maybe, way. Yeah. Maybe out of last place, but I don't think he's going to push. that. I, even with a healthy fit Tom Trevojevic, they're not pushing the top eight. Sorry, but I just can't see it happening. I think they lost a lot of big play, players last year that went underrated. Um, Adam Fanor, Blake, mostly he's killing it over at the Warriors. And there's talks that they're going to move on Marty to power. I'm not sure how real that is or whatever, but the team... It's it's a mess right now. They just got blown out by um, the Dragons, who have looked decent this year. So credit to them. But yeah, I think they're going to definitely be in the race for that wooden spoon. Yeah, look, I have to agree. You do bring up Tom Trevojevic. However, it's not like they're a one-man team. And a lot of people will say they are, but in their side is literally the Queensland captain and Australian halfback, Daly Cherry Evans. And Jake Trevojevic, who is a representative player. You brought up Martin Tapao as well, an international player. Like, they do have the tools there. It's not like it's just Tom Trevojevic and the rest of the blokes running around a reserve grade worthy. It's just not coming together. They're not playing as good as they should be. And I feel like because of the media hype around Tom Trevojevic and, you know, how they can't achieve anything without him, I think they can, but it's just they don't believe themselves now because they're feeding in too much to the media hype. And that's the biggest, I guess that's the biggest thing that's hurting them 
to do with this whole Tom Travojevic deal, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't see it getting too much better even when he is back. I've got a question for you, though. When Travojevic does come back, do Manly start him out in the centres just to ease him back in? Well, I think they should. Uh, whether they will or not, I'm not sure because they do have two good centres there in Brad Parker and Moses Sawley. And Dylan Walker's been playing fullback, and he, he's been very ordinary. So the club would obviously want him to be playing fullback. But I think if they really care about Tom Chavojevic, um, they'd start him off in the centres. But it's been shown in the NRL, um, clubs have shown before, that it's a business at the end of the day, and they don't always have the player's best interest at heart. They just want to win games pretty much. So I hope they play him at centre. I think they should play him at centre. But I reckon they'll put him back to fullback. I think they probably will too, just because Dylan Walker has really not worked out in that position. Um, something of note, I guess, at least for next year, you know, there are those rumours you were saying that they're looking to move Martin to power on. This is reportedly due to the fact that they want to sign Jaden Sewer for next season. Uh, well, in 15th place, a team that people had some expectations of i remember a couple of months ago we did do a pod where we said maybe they are being overhyped a little bit too much but even i don't even think we thought they'd start this season this poorly the canterbury bankstown bulldogs um it seems thus far to me that their new signings it's not necessarily that they're bad signings or bad players i actually think these guys still have the potential to be some of the best in the game right however you bring in so many young players who only have a couple of years of first grade experience into a team they're just not going to gel instantly it does take time so trent barrett has got a bit of work on his hands and i don't think they can just rely on matt burton and josh adokar coming in next year and fixing everything matt burton has played a handful of first grade games half of them have either been off the bench or at center yes he started against melbourne the other night and looked good but he's uh, he's only played i think that was his that was his fourth game starting in the halves in the nrl you know what I mean? You can't rely on him to just come in. And again, he's a young and experienced player who's going to come in and then you're going to have to fit him into that mould and it might take time for him uh, to prepare and to perform well. So, yeah, I've got question marks even over him coming in next year for them. Yeah, Baz is going to have to rely on the squad he's got now. They just can't score points, it seems. Like they scored 16 on the Knights in round one, but, like, I'm, yeah, that's round one. Usually teams are a bit dodgy. Round two against... The Panthers, zero points. Panthers put 28 on them. And then uh, a team where they should have definitely put points on, the Broncos are known for being bad defensively, nothing. So um, obviously it's going to take time with Trent Barrett there. And he was renowned as um, the reason why the Panthers' attack last year was so good. So apparently he's a good attacking coach. I'm not sure. Um, it will come out eventually. But yeah, I we did uh, have that podcast and we did mention how we thought they were a bit overhyped. Everyone just saw the new signings and expected them to automatically. I saw some people saying top eight, which is just crazy. But, um, yeah, they'll be down there again. Even next year, I can't see them making the top eight with the signings. Um, but, yeah, um, not looking not looking good. Yeah, definitely not at the moment. I think they're a team that can improve throughout the duration of 2021. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I was shocked. I tipped Brisbane to win against the Dogs just because I thought they looked a bit better in those first two rounds, but I wasn't expecting Brisbane to win 24-0, right? Yeah. Like, I was expecting a, a close game. So, yeah, that was a bit of a shock to me. Well, they uh, have, in, oh, yeah. they have, 
the uh, Rabbitohs next week and then the Storm the week after that. So, they're, I mean, anything can happen, but they're pretty much looking at two more losses on the trot. And then they have the Cowboys, so they could win that. Um, yeah, so stick strong, Doggies fans. It might be a long year. <laughs> well, you bring up the Cowboys. They're next on the agenda. They have, for me, been terrible the first three rounds. Like They've been just... the worst. I think they've been the worst. In, in, ter- in terms of what we've seen from the on-field product thus far, not necessarily how we think they will go for the rest of the year, whether we think they'll improve or not. I think, yeah, we're both in agreement that looking purely at the first three rounds of the season, they've performed the worst. Yeah, definitely. Um, I originally had them as wooden spooners this year, but I switched up to the Dragons, uh, which we'll touch on soon. But yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned it. You um, were really strong on this opinion that everyone just expected a bit like Trent Barrett. Everyone just expected Todd Payton to rock up and fix the job. And everyone was like, oh, look what he did with the Warriors, where um, you mentioned it. He came in halfway during the season. The side was already said he didn't really have to do a whole lot. Like, um, credit to him for what he did, but like, he didn't have to do a whole lot. And nil against the Panthers. Um, they got in round two. They got beat by the Dragons in a close one. But even though it was close, I was kind of confident the Dragons were going to win most of the game. And, um, yeah, this recent game against the Titans, wow, they, they're in shambles. And talks are Michael Morgan's retiring. So that's just going to put the club in um, a worse spot. I don't know what the go is with Jason Tamalala and Todd Payton either. I, I don't know. The club's in shambles. It's the worst I've ever seen the club. I've always known the club is this semi-successful club like five years ago they were in a grand final so not even five yeah. years ago four years four. ago yeah. so um yeah it's crazy to see kind of the downfall they've had do you want to know what's crazy and you don't really realize it until you like take a look back because as you said the cowboys were dominant with jonathan thurston right so the, uh, i had a brain fart the cowboys have made the final series once in their history without Jonathan Thurston, as in, like, signed as a signed player. Once in 2004, and then he joined in 2005. Well, they shouldn't have even... I know yeah. they made the grand final in 2017, but they only slid in there in 2017 as well. Yeah. So they probably shouldn't have even made the finals that year. So, um, yeah, the club's been... Um, dodgy for a while now yeah well in 2017 if the dragons had beaten the bulldogs in the last round the cowboys wouldn't have made the top eight it came down to two other sides um deciding the cowboys fate and then they did go on to make the grand final but a lot of people forget as well people say oh since jonathan thurston left they've been bad they made the bottom four in 2018 and that was jt's last year he was still playing when stuff started started going bad individually i think he still had an okay season um but yeah you could tell you know something wasn't right especially because in 2018 they still had thurston so um and i'm going back a little bit here the cowboys have never won a wooden spoon before i don't think but they did come second last in 2010 some uh, season that we covered uh, over a year ago now um, obviously, they didn't get the wooden spoon because the Melbourne chap, uh, the Melbourne Storm salary cap scandal. So, yeah, I mean, I yeah. don't, yeah. So we're looking 
11 years ago since they were probably the worst team in the NRL. I think we can comfortably say they were the worst team in the NRL because if Melbourne played for points, they would have been in the top eight. So, yeah, I don't know. By the way that we've both been talking about the Cowboys here, I feel like we won't have them too high once it comes to ranking where they might finish at the end of the year. Um, Now we move on to the West Tigers. My tip for the Wooden Spoon heading into the 2021 NRL season. First first round against Canberra, they looked really good in that first half and then Canberra ran away with it. Second game against the Roosters, just terrible. And then this week, um, upset the apple cart against the Newcastle Knights. So this one's a bit of a weird one because I had them tipped to win the wooden spoon heading into the season, which I'll, spoiler alert, I'm not that confident about now. Um, even though they we still got them contending for the spoon, from what we've seen so far to start the season, they've looked all right. It's just their performance against the Roosters honestly was so bad that that's why a lot of people have them, like that really bad mentality of them. But when you think about it, um, if you disagree, let me know. But I thought they were decent at least in that first half against Canberra. Oh no! Um, I thought they were yeah. going to after that first half. I had them to win. Um, obviously, yeah. the Raiders came home strong, but yeah, no, the Tigers looked uh, good in that. And like you were saying, it was just that game against the Roosters that kind of puts a sour taste in everyone's mouth. But against the Knights, look, the Knights didn't do themselves any favors. They couldn't hold on to the ball. But credit to the Tigers, they still won. That um, Knights got the. Um, leg over him. I think it was the 70th. Oh, actually, might have been a bit earlier than that. But the Tigers came home late to win it, pretty much. So, um, yeah, credit to them. Dane Laurie looks awesome. Uh, he He's a yeah. real Dane Laurie. And, um, yeah, look, I don't think they have a side to be consistent enough to really push for the eight. But I think they have good enough players in that team where they're not going to win the spoon. Yeah, I'm starting to, starting to believe the same Tigers fans. Although, you probably do want me to tip your team to win the wooden spoon because I've never been right before. So maybe it's a bad thing. I'm no longer tipping them to win the spoon. Um, in 10th, the Brisbane Broncos, the defending wooden spooners, which is weird because I don't think they want to defend their wooden spoon. I think that they'd happily pass it on to the next team. Uh, round one, they looked really good against the Eels. I'm going to say it. I think, and this is a game you attended, I think that the Broncos would have won with a full bench. And I personally think the Jake Turpin try, I'm not convinced whether I think he grounded it like forcefully yet, but I'm not convinced the other way either. So I think maybe they could have gotten the win there in the end. Maybe Uh, round two against my boys, the Gold Coast Titans. The Titans were not great in that game. The Titans put in a really good effort probably in, in the last 10 minutes of the first half, but the Broncos were just worse. So I think that makes the Broncos look pretty bad if the Titans weren't even... The Titans didn't even really get out of second gear, I guess you could say, in this one. They were sort of just cruising along. Um, and then they got that big win against the Bulldogs, although they didn't really perform that well in that either, which is really concerning for the Bulldogs um, that the Broncos could still play relatively poorly, I would say, and get the win. I think that the Broncos put in their best performance of the year so far in round one in a game they lost as opposed to the game they won in round three. What's your take on the Broncos so far? Well, a bit like the Knights with that Tigers game, the Eels didn't do themselves any favours in that first half. They could not hold the ball. But, um, yeah, the Broncos haven't looked... Terrible, but they haven't looked at standing. Um, I think 
that 24-0 game against the Bulldogs show it makes them look like they were really dominant in the game but I think it was 2-0 until like 20 minutes to go so it wasn't like they were really dominant the Bulldogs just kind of gave up in the end there um yeah I think they're in for a few rough weeks they got Storm next week followed by South Sydney followed by the Panthers followed by the Eels then followed by the Titans so make what you want about that Broncos fans I don't really see you winning any of those games but I could be proved wrong um yeah, they've started it. They look better this year. They definitely look better. Yeah. And this is without Katoni Staggs and Payne Haas. So uh, add those players back in there. Definitely a better side. But um, yeah, I think it's still fair to have them in that wooden spoon conversation. Yeah. And the crap thing is, I guess, about the upcoming Broncos schedule, as you said, only one of those teams is currently below them in the on the ladder. And that team is the Melbourne Storm. So everyone's either in form or you're going up against the defending premiers, which is next, uh, well, this week, of course. Um, I just had a mind blank as to what else I was going to say about the Broncos, but we can move on to the only team in this group, I guess you could say, that is currently in the top eight, the St. George Illawarra Dragons. I'm going to say this. And I know you had them. One of the reasons why I still have them in this grouping is because they were your tip to win the spoon at the start of the year, as you've said. But I would consider not having them in this group if Ben Hunt didn't just break his leg because he's been superb. But as you are the one who tipped them to win the wooden spoon in 2021, I'm going to let you uh, take us through your thoughts on the Dragons first. Yeah, genuinely surprised and... I'm happy to be proved wrong um, in some circumstances, and this is one of those circumstances I'm happy to be proved wrong. Looked good against Cronulla. Um, a few dodgy calls if they had gone their way. The Dragons could have won that. Um, who did they come up against? Obviously beating the Cowboys and obviously flogging Manly last week. So they've looked decent. Um, one player, he's been getting a little bit of praise, but I don't think enough is. Obviously, Ben Hunt's been the more dominant half, but Normie's looked really good. Corey Norman's looked good. And I think it's that um, combination they have with Andrew McCulloch. Obviously, Cameron McInnes is a better hooker, but um, how well you gel, how well the spine gels together is really important. And you can it's clear to see they've played a, a lot of footy together. So, yeah, the Dragons are surprising me. And um, it's good to see because their fans have had a few rough years. So, um, yeah, it's definitely good to see. And, yeah, I definitely don't have them as a wooden spoon. Um contender now after three rounds uh yeah they look they look decent i thought losing mckinnis and frizzell was going to be was, was going to make a bigger impact than i had but yeah they look good to go i was just thinking the two teams that we've got uh winning the wooden spoon both our predictions are probably the two teams that in this group currently look the best yeah so Dragons and Tigers fans were doing you a big favour. However, I do have a question for you, Coop. Um, can they keep it up without Ben Hunt for at least a month? And when Ben Hunt returns, of course, it's a broken leg. Actually, I think it might be two months. It's a broken leg. When he comes back, can he just seamlessly hit that form that we've seen at the start of 2021? Um, I'm, I'm going to quickly check the teams they're playing. They're definitely going to miss him. Um, a lot like the team will struggle a bit more without Ben Hunt there, but it depends what size they come up against. So, 
this Sunday they have Newcastle, which Newcastle wants to Ooh. play like they did against the um, Tigers. I would almost tip the Dragons in that if Newcastle plays like they did against the Tigers, of course. But, yeah, however, um, I'd tip Newcastle personally yeah, in that one. I'll be yeah. I'll be tipping Newcastle as well. Um, then they play the Eels. Not trying to sound biased, but I'll say the Eels in that one. I'd say and the Eels too. They play the Warriors, so there's a fair few. Like, there's no massive standout teams that they're playing. Um, so they're definitely winnable games. But, yeah, I think they'll miss Ben Hunt a bit too much. When he comes back, they should find their feet again. Um, I'd probably put them the 11th, 12th mark. I'm pretty sure that's where you had them yeah. uh, start this year. So, yeah, I'd agree with you. I'd probably have them around that area now. Yeah, well, those are the six teams that uh, we were planning on talking about this evening in, in the race for the wooden spoon. I guess we can touch on the race for the eight now because um, that's what's in the title, right? Will the race for the the wooden spoon be more intense than the race for the top eight? Well, currently in my... So I've got six teams still, even with Luke Keery out, the Roosters will be in this. Six teams that are a lock for the top eight. Panthers, Eels, Roosters, Raiders, Rabbitohs, and the Melbourne Storm. So the only teams who are left to be mentioned in this entire podcast so far are the Titans, Warriors, Knights, and Sharks. And those are the four teams who I think will be in that race for the eight. Now, I'm sure all of you out there can do basic maths. I have six teams. Well, we have six teams that we've agreed on will compete for the wooden spoon but I only have four teams competing for the top eight. So, yes, I do believe we'll have a more intense battle for the wooden spoon. Coop, who do, who do you have, you know what I mean, in that that area of who's going to be fighting for maybe seventh and eighth? Um, pretty much exactly who you just mentioned. If the This is pretty bold claim, but if the Tigers can string a few games together where they look decent, you could almost put them in the conversation as well. But... Um, I mean, even the Dragons. Yeah, oh, even the Dragons. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Well, that's probably going to be the more entertaining part this season is just watching those teams kind of fight out for seventh and eighth place because okay. like said, I think the top six is pretty set in stone and those teams fighting for the spoon are pretty set. Um, there's a bit of a, a... What's the word I'm looking for? There's a bit of a difference between the top teams and the bottom teams at the moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th area is going to be good to um, see where teams kind of end up in that little spot there. So you bring up the Tigers and the Dragons, right? For you, I know we spoke about them in today's podcast, but you personally, do you now have them out of that wooden spoon contendership and have them possibly in the hunt for 7th and 8th? Is that the Dragons or both the Dragons and Tigers? Both or either? Um, look, I'd probably put the Tigers there, but not the okay. Dragons, unfortunately. And um, I'm not just saying that because I had them tipped to win the spoon. Like I said, I'm happy to be proved wrong, but Ben Hunt's out for, was it two months, you said? Uh, I think eight to ten weeks, oh, so okay. around two yeah. months, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a huge loss. Um, and yeah, dragons do have a tendency to start the year strong, and they haven't come up again. I mean, they've come up against the Cowboys and Manly, who we both have in the wooden spoon race as well. So, um, 
yeah. Look, I don't have him pushing for the top eight, but definitely not the spoon. Okay. Well, I think to finish up today, what we'll do is, and this is something that I'm stealing, so I'm a bit of a nerd, right? I don't know about you, Coop, but I've been keeping up with the the Marvel TV shows on Disney Plus recently, you know, the, uh, the WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Are you much of a Marvel fan? Have you been keeping up to date with those? Uh, no, nah, not really, but my little brother froths over that type of stuff, so... Um, yeah, but not really, mate. Right. Well, there's a um, a YouTube channel I watch that like breaks down all the stuff and the guys in there see, because I only watch the movies and stuff, but these guys are like comic book nerds, I guess you could say. So they know like all the history and the Easter eggs and stuff. And what these guys have been doing for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show, which is basically the legacy of Captain America, we could say. Um, they do a segment called Cap or Not My Cap. Right. So they go through, I guess, all the different candidates from the show each week. And then they say Cap if they think he's going to go on to be Captain America or not by Cap uh, if that character isn't going to go on to be Captain America. So we're going to do my wooden spooners or not my wooden spooners with the six teams that we just brought up then. I don't know. I was thinking about it on the top of my head. If you want to do something else. No, that sounds good to me. All right. Awesome. Okay, and you know what? We can do multiple for, yes, wooden spooners, I guess, at this point, as in they'll be terrible and contending for it, or not my wooden spooners if we think definitely not, or there's a very high chance they won't. So we don't have to do just one. Could do all six, really, if you think it's going to be that tight. But the Manly Oringa Seagulls, my wooden spooners or not my wooden spooners? Um... Not my wooden spooners. Okay. Yep. You believe Tommy will Ooh, turn yeah, them I around? Think, yeah. I think he'll have a big enough impact to get them off last spot. But, um, well, my prediction, I reckon Manly will come 15th-ish. Okay, yeah. Maybe. So, yeah, I could probably say my wooden spooners. But um, the two teams, that you're going to say two teams um soon that i think are more contending for the wooden spoon okay um i'm gonna say my wooden spooners okay. i same as you i've not actually got them winning the wooden spoon but they're going to be right in that race i think like for the entire year i don't see them improving too much unfortunately manly fans and real quick um yep. also depends with because we're just saying when tom trevojevic comes back who like, I pray that he can stay healthy, but who knows if he can, really. 100%. He can do that hamstring again. That hamstring is pretty much holding on by a thread at the moment, it seems. So, um, yeah. Okay, my wooden spooners or not my wooden spooners, the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Um, my wooden spooners. Uh, okay. Again, again, with Manly, I don't think they're going to win the wooden spoon, but they're going to be uh, yep. right there or thereabouts. Um, they have a little bit of upside, this team, if they can... Oh, well, actually, I'm, I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to go back on that because now I'm convincing myself when I'm explaining that I don't think they're really there. I think they have a bit too much upside. Um, the team's fresh and young. Um, the longer the season goes, the better they'll kind of get. Uh, their attack just needs to... It will. I'm talking about their attack, but also their defense. They've had a lot of points put on them. Yeah, but, um, that is true. Yeah, they need to a few things up but as the season goes on i think they will and the bulldogs um i did say they kind of gave up against the broncos um which they kind of did to an extent but they're one of those sides where they usually 
bust their asses off for the whole 80 minutes and it, it's clear to see. Yeah, well, in that podcast we did do about the Bulldogs a couple of months ago, that was one of those things we brought up, like their effort. Um, they weren't getting flogged by the end of the year and ultimately that's what allowed them to build that momentum and get that crucial win against the Rabbitohs uh, to avoid the spoon. But now we go to the North Queensland Cowboys. My wooden spooners or not my wooden spooners? My wooden spooners. And they will finish last, I believe. I think the sides... Um... Uh, the side isn't it and I feel like this Todd Payton situation has kind of the Andrew uh, not Andrew Anthony Seabold situation written all over it where comes to the Broncos he's hyped up to do well and then um, yeah he kind of doesn't do a whole lot but yeah I have them win the wooden spoon the the performances they've been putting in um, I can't remember who said it I think it was Matty Johns especially at home they've had two games at home where they've just kind of gotten Big time beaten. Um, yeah, I, I have them coming 16th. My wooden spooners, and I agree, I currently have them in 16th place. There's just no upside, like, at all. I can't really see any upside. Like, even even when Jason Taumalolo comes back, he's not the game winner he used to be, sure. He'll... He'll, he'll set him up nicely. He'll still be do, doing decent metres in attack and setting him up to score. But the thing is, they don't usually score, even if he sets him up. Or he'll make a big break and score a try. Cool. You, four extra points. He only got flogged by 30 this week. With all due respect, Cowboys fans, and I'm not saying this to try and put crap on you guys. I'm try, trying to say this as Cowboys fans, you don't deserve this crap, but it's what you've been given, unfortunately. Yeah, I think they're... At the moment, they are my wooden spooners. And the funny thing is you bring up uh, coaches, right, and, like, the hype around new coaches coming in. I know Anthony Seabold had been at the, the Rabbitohs for a couple of years, hyped to go to the Broncos, um, and Toddy Payton getting that hype after being the interim at the Warriors. Have you noticed the coaches that have really been successful in the NRL, not, not the big three, not Bellamy Robinson or Bennett, have had no hype well, yeah. coming yeah. in. Look at Justin Holbrook, like no hype. They're like, whatever, even if he is a good coach, they'll be crap. He's got something out of him. But even even Trent Robinson when he first came in and even Madge Maguire, those three guys all have something in common as well. They coached in Super League before coming back to Australia and coaching in the NRL, which is interesting, I find. Yeah. Um, because I guess, yeah, go on. Oh, this is kind of um, going off on a different little tangent here but yeah. Anthony Tebold kind of deserved the hype he had because he won coach of the year with South Sydney the year previous that he went to the Broncos if I am correct I could be wrong but I think he did um he so, did yeah, yeah. He, that was a bit of a shock to see how badly the Broncos went with him but I think he had more upside well not upside but he had more I can believe the hype for him coming in and coaching the Broncos compared to Todd Payton coming in to coach the Cowboys where he was interim coach at the New Zealand Warriors, who already had a fairly decent side there. And, um, yeah. Well, this is not a dig either way at Todd, uh, not Todd Payton, at Anthony Seabold's quality as a coach. But just, and at the time, he was at the Rabbitohs as well. I was like, wow, because they had missed the finals the two years pre previous. That's why Madge ended up leaving the club. But in hindsight, you look back, look at the team he had at the Rabbitohs. And look at the team he had at the Broncos. Yeah, you know what I mean. I feel like it'd be 
And I guess, yeah, either way, that's not saying Seabold's a good or a bad coach, but just look at the difference in quality in the two teams. Like, it is going to be easier to make the top eight with the Rabbitohs. It is going to be easier to win the spoon with the Broncos. Um, the West Tigers, my wooden spooners or not my wooden spooners? Not my wooden spooners. I don't really see a world where they um, end up with the wooden spoon. I think there's a bit too much. Like the spine's still kind of question. Actually, is it really? Because Dane Laurie's looked really good. Luke Brooks has started off decently. I mean, he's kicking game. Mm. Not really. But like, I think, yeah, the spine's obviously still not awesome. But I think they have enough surrounding pieces that they just can't really finish off with a wooden spoon. The forward pack's strong. Um, back line's strong. It's just kind of the spine that needs a bit of work. Yeah, the West Tigers, the team who I tipped to win the wooden spoon in the preseason. I actually, I first made that prediction in November last year. They are not my wooden spooners. I have to agree at the moment. They've, they're showing me a lot and other teams are showing me nothing. The Brisbane Broncos, my wooden spooners or not my wooden spooners? I think we lost Cooper for a second there. I am going to say not my wooden spooners. Uh, how about you, Coop? I think you're back now. Yeah, sweet. I just had my mic up because I was having a sip of water. Sorry. Um, <laughs> That's all good. Yeah, I think my wooden spooners. I uh, think this upcoming run of teams they have to play um, is going to really put them in a bit of a hole that it's going to be kind of hard to get out of. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, I don't know. Look, their side's going to get better when Payne Haas and Katoni Staggs come back, but there's still definitely a lot of worrying signs there. Um, so I'm going to say my wooden spooners, but yeah, I think they'll probably finish around 13th. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, I'm going to say not my wooden spooners because honestly, and I hate to crap on teams, but Manly mm. and North Queensland have looked so bad to me that. I can't see any team dropping down to that level. Um, I feel terrible, but I, I just can't. So personally, not my wooden spooners. And I guess that gives it away for the last one. I guess we don't need to spend too much time on it. The Dragons are not my wooden spooners because yeah. they look pretty good. I didn't have them. I didn't even have them bottom four um, to start the season. And they're doing the best currently out of any of the other teams that we had uh, in this discussion this evening. So, Coop, I, I know you've already said not my wooden spooners, but is there anything you'd like to add? Um, not really. I, well, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, not really. I think Dragons have proven me wrong and good on them. Yeah, definitely. So you have the Seagulls, Cowboys and the Broncos. Broncos as my wooden spooners, and I have the Seagulls and Cowboys let us guys know. Let us guys know. Let us know, guys, um, who you'd have. Uh, play play along with us. Um, send in your DMs. Give us your list of my wooden spooners and not my wooden spooners uh, out of those six clubs. Or I mean, I find it hard to see any of the other um, clubs in the NRL dropping down into a wooden spoon contendership. But hey, if you think so, then uh, let us know. Uh, other than that, uh, Coop, thanks for joining me as always. I'm looking forward to Thursday night, and I'm not talking about the Seagulls-Panthers game, of course. I'm talking about the Lee boys up against 
Greg, Greg Inglis, and his Warrington Wolves. Um, other than that, man, unless you have anything else to add about anything, I think we better send this one out. Uh, real quick, if you have KO Foxtel or anything, uh, 10.45 Thursday night, if you want to witness greatness, Lee Centurions are playing, so get on it. Lee Centurions will be playing on Thursday night, and we're both looking forward to it very much. Um, even if it wasn't GI's debut, I think we'd be tuning into that one. Um, other than that, guys, uh, a quick word from our sponsors, Champ Mouthguard. See you later. Well, guys, I'm here with Jem from Champ Mouthguards. How are we today, Jem? Good, mate. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Uh, well, thanks for jumping on board and sponsoring Rugby League, in my opinion. Look, first of all, I wanted to ask, how did this all start? Uh, how did Champ Mouthguards uh, start in the beginning? What was, I guess, the idea behind it and how has it gotten to where it is today? Yeah, it's a good question, mate. It's quite funny. Um, most businesses, I guess, start from something small. And I guess you just look at uh, um, how Apple was created out of a garage and to where Apple is now. And it's a similar story, to be honest with you. Um, there's two directors in Champ Mouthguards, myself and my business partner, Urson. Uh, my background was in rugby league as well. I was a player and a coach as well. I actually um, was fortunate enough to get involved in the representative coaching at South Sydney Rabbitohs. Okay, um, nice. Yeah. I was assistant coach under Willie Peters, um, Arthur Katinas, who was an ex-first grade coach with South, um, as well as uh, Matt King as well. Um, yeah, so I was kind of fortunate enough to be around these kids that are now playing first grade, which is great to see. Um, and then basically my business partner had the dental background. So he owns a dental surgery and his father owns a laboratory as well. So it's in their blood, um, the dental scene. So we just basically put both heads together. We use my network and his skills and his qualifications and that's how it started. Yeah, nice. I believe you guys are actually partnered with the West Tigers and St. George Illawarra Dragons as their official mouth guard. Uh, how did that come to be? Mate, um, it's just um, going out there and, and basically explaining who we are, what we're all about. Um, Josh Atherton at the West Tigers was a great believer in, in what we had to offer. Um, apart from just making mouth guards, we also love to give back to the community and that's how we started uh, really well at the early stages. So um, in the South Sydney district, a lot of the grassroots clubs I had an affiliation with, uh, whether it be me as a player or, um, you know, just in the community itself. So I had an understanding of what these guys needed in terms of raising funds to give back. So um, we had that sort of model that we pitched the West Tigers that we'd love to give back to the community and that's what they're all about. So they had a bit of belief in us and that's where the opportunity come from. Yeah. Uh, how about the Dragons? So the Dragons basically uh, was just an opportunity that I seen. I had a, uh, a chat with one of the other players um, who's a brand ambassador of ours, um, Jess Sergis. Um, Jess Sergis, as you know, plays with the women's at the Dragons and her boyfriend's with Lomax as well. Um, we did uh, Zach Lomax's mouth guard. He loved it. And um, it was just an opportunity through that, basically, that got us in the door. Jem, why should players or parents of players out there be opting to go with champ mouthguards uh, over other competitors? That's a good question. Um, there's two types of mouthguards, as we know. You, it's the ball and bite that you get from, say, Rebel or from the chemist. 
Uh, most of the time, the kids or even adults tend to just leave them in their sock because it's not comfortable. Um, so it's important to get a custom-made mouth guard. That's something that I, I like to push to a lot of the parents or, or players out there who have never had one before. Um, and the reason why I would suggest you come to Champ Mouthguards is because we actually specialise in making mouthguards particular to your sport. So um, whereas a dentist might give you over-protection, overkill, and it's going to be too thick in your mouth and you're not going to be able to breathe, yes, your teeth will be protected, but it's not really practical. So our mouthguards are practical. They protect you and allows you to breathe and make sure that you're still being able to perform at your, your peak performance. Yeah, so I guess you could say protection and comfort, and that's what gets champ mouthguards over the line uh, over your competitors. Yeah, one little extra thing as well. I'm not sure if anybody's jumped on our website, but we've got a cool 3D customizer. So you can actually jump on our website, and uh, it's the first one in the world, actually, um, in terms of the mouthguard 3D customizer. You can actually see what your mouthguard's going to look like before you actually purchase it. And there's a whole heap of graphics that you can choose from our builder. Um, or you can upload from your own camera roll or any image off your phone and customise it to your liking as well. Yeah, well, I've certainly had to play around with it and made a rugby league, in my opinion, mouth guard. I'll have to start playing sport again so I can actually rep it. Um, uh, but I'm proud to announce that we've actually got a discount code uh, with Champ Mouthguards, 10% off if you use the discount code RILIMO, that's R-L-I-M-O-10. So RILIMO10, R-L-I-M-O-10, 10% off your purchase at Champ Mouthguards. Jem, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me, mate. Appreciate it.